you love waking up to the notification that Urban Meyer got fired? I think we all breathe a sigh of relief with that one. And it took way too damn long for that to happen. His his NFL career as a coach was over and doomed before it really even started. I don't think there was a single person that when he got hired as the Jags head coach, there was not a single person who thought, you know what, this is a good move for the Jags. I know Urban has had the ultimate success in college. All-time great college head coach. Sketchy at times, yes, but all-time great college head coach. But just not built for the NFL. He's not built to handle those guys. He's not built to handle grown men. Um, he, it's just the the my way or the highway type of thing in the NFL. It just it's not going to work. And if you're going to do that, you need to have the ability to be a player's coach. And Urban was not that. And it just seemed like every single day there was something else coming out about Urban Meyer. From a current player, stories that were going on in the locker room, former players, whatever the case may be, there was always stories coming out that painted Urban in just a really bad way. And me and Christian talked about this on the We Got Next podcast uh, a handful of months ago. It was it was the, after the Thursday night game um, when he stayed back, did not fly back with the team um, when they played the Browns, I think it was, or no, the Bengals. Stayed back in Ohio, and there was the video that you know surfaced of him at the bar with the young female, and I was shocked that he survived that weekend let alone another you know, couple months. So this was a long time coming. And um, to see that notification and to it, you know, for it to be confirmed and Urban is out, it's not surprising and kind of a relief, I guess, for I think all NFL fans because, you know, the Jags suck. And it's, it's a shame that, that Trevor Lawrence isn't isn't put in a successful position especially now you know hopefully they can bring somebody in that can kind of turn things around for him and the team in general um because you remember like the, the jags were they were close about three four years ago they were close and then it, they went back to being the jags but um getting rid of urban cleaning that out Sending him off to God knows where. Dude, the man, he, he had to know something was was coming. That he was going to get fired. I know Shad Khan, the, the Jags owner, I know he came out and made a statement. I know he tried to, for the longest time, try to, to right the ship and get things going in the right direction. But it just wasn't going to happen. With Urban at the helm, it just wasn't going to happen. And everybody knew it. Everybody knew it in, in, in the NFL world. Everybody. Every time there was a story, every time it was talked about, whether it was ESPN or the NFL Network or whatever podcast or whatever message board, everybody was like, how is this man still coaching? Every you know f- former personnel person, um, 
player, coach, whoever that is on any of those platforms was thinking the same thing we were all thinking. This man is an absolute disgrace. I don't know how he's still coaching. I don't know how he's made it this far. You know, it's just, it was, it, it was embarrassing. And, you know, it, it's over with. Thank God we don't have to worry about it anymore. I give it a year, if not less, and Urban will be in the booth or at a studio desk doing college football. Um, I can, I can guarantee that happened after, um, happened after he left Florida, happened after he left Ohio State. Same thing's gonna happen now. He'll be back in the booth, back at a desk, doing his analyst stuff, and this whole thing, this whole thing, will not be brought up whatsoever. Nothing. Not even, not even a, a word about his tenure if that's what you want to call it, in Jacksonville, will be brought up if, if he's on TV. Um, they probably won't even call him former Jags head coach Urban Meyer. Especially if he's doing college football, it'll be former Florida, Utah, Ohio State head coach Urban Meyer. And this won't even, this will be a race from memory like like the men in black. And it won't, won't be talked about. Um, so that's over with. Uh, Daryl Bevel will be the interim head coach. There's already talks that, you know, the players are ecstatic about him. I, don't, I think it's a combination of Urban is gone. We don't have to deal with his sorry ass anymore. And we got a guy who we love. So um, hopefully the Jags can can turn things around. I mean, this season is, is in the books. This season's over with. But hopefully they can get, you know, either whether Daryl Bevel or another head coach, whatever, Bring somebody in and, and turn things around. Um, so that's that. Um, had to get that out of the way because that was the most pressing thing to talk about. Um, and depressing thing, I guess. So there's a lot of other a lot of other stories that are that are going on right now. We have bowl season starts this weekend. We have the transfer portal is still still hot, still heavy. Um, the coaching carousel has kind of died down a little bit. That's probably one of the least talked about things. Um, we have early National Signing Day was yesterday. Talk about that. There was a major, major story from from yesterday involving a, a head coach and his former alma mater. So we'll talk about that. But first, housekeeping notes. These are the Penn State Quick Slants. Of course, I'm your host, Stephen. Appreciate the support all year long. Um, you can go follow me on Twitter. I'm at Stephen underscore Springs. Go follow my co-host of the We We Got Next podcast, Christian Hayes. Shout out to Christian. He is at AO Shifty on Twitter. Go follow the We Got Next podcast um, in, in this on, on Spotify. Like us on Spotify and like, like and subscribe to us on YouTube as well. I appreciate all the support on both platforms. Um, I, I thought I'd have to generate a lot of content after the regular, regular season was over, but the content just generates itself. And speaking of that, Diving into signing day yesterday, Penn State signed their entire class, all but one uh, Lackawanna Community College uh, safety, Tyrese Mills. I believe he will be signing in the spring uh, or in the winter still, I guess it is in February uh, for the next signing day. But we got our class in. Currently, uh, looking at Rivals.com, it is the sixth ranked class in the country. I believe somewhere, somewhere else it's fifth. 
but the fifth, fifth and sixth is I think where I've where I've seen this um, for the most part. This is a huge class for us. I I've talked about it countless times. Um, to have like we've got we've gotten some big classes over the years. Um, Twenty eighteen was a big class that was actually ranked fifth on Rivals. Um, this year is ranked sixth, like I mentioned. Um, but this is a huge, huge class. This is. The this is this is definitely the make or break class for James Franklin. I know we signed the ten year extension, but with the talent we have coming in, and some of the, some of the guys that we have coming in, we haven't gotten those guys yet under Franklin. And you know, I've mentioned it countless times. These players, these. These five-star players who are the best of the best in high school, if you get them to come in and you've already gotten them to buy into what you're selling because they've committed to you. Now, I know there's the there's the, the transfer portal and all that can happen. I understand that. But aside from that, they've already bought into what you're selling. You've been in their homes. You've mingled with mom and dad and coaches and grandma, brothers and sisters, aunts and uncles, cousins, neighbors, everybody. Everybody knows you. So you've you've already gotten them and they've and they've committed to you. You get them on campus. You get these these top guys on campus. And they start to buy in more. They start to buy into the college life and what you're building and what they can be. And in the weight room, in the you know, everything, in the community. And they become those five-star college players, those players are the ones that can change the entire course of your program for the next five, 10, 15 years and on down the road. You get a guy like Jewelar, and apparently we've all been saying it wrong for the last six months. It's not Alar, it's Alar. So my apologies for that one. You get a guy like Drew Alar coming in. You get a guy like Nick Singleton coming in. You get a guy like Deny Dennis Sutton, defensive end, who's not talked about. He's, if you look at most sites, he's the highest rated prospect that we have on our on our list. Uh, Rivals, he's a five star. I think some other sites, he's a four star, but he's he, he he's in that mix. And he's one of the better defensive players in the country. Uh, Singleton just won the National Gatorade Player of the Year award. Out of all the, co- the high school players in the country, this kid, Nick Singleton, over 2,000 yards, 40-something touchdowns, and 11 games. He, he had a, his numbers were crazy this year in, in 11 games. Um, National Gatorade Player of the Year. You have a kid like Drew Alar, who rose and rose and rose to the number one quarterback in the country. Per 24-7 sports. Um, and the number, I think, three overall prospect on their list. You get guys like those, you know, those names come in. And they start developing. And they start, you know, bringing in, bringing in other guys who are top-tier players. That's where, that's where the, the Georgias of the world, the Alabamas, the Ohio States, the Oklahomas, that's where those programs are at. They're having... It just speak for themselves, and they're just they're just having those guys that they that they know come in and develop those relationships with, with with the next class and then the next class. So 
I say all that to say this is a v- extremely, extremely important class for us. And everybody knows it. Everybody knows it. And we've been gearing up for this class. And we've had our eyes set on some of these guys for a very, very long time. And these, you know, I follow recruiting for Penn State as much as anybody I know. It's, it's you know, it, other than the people who, who get paid for it, I would say I follow it. You know, I'm on Rivals and 24-7 Sports pretty much every day. Just see, reading the message boards, seeing what's going on, even during the dead periods when I know that there's no commitments on the horizon, signing days come and gone, it's you know, it's a dead period, like I said, I'm still there, still checking it out. So this 2022 class has been being put together for a long time. And a, a guy like Deny Dennis Sutton, DN from down this way in Maryland, not being talked about a lot. Um, he's not. You know, he he's been at the top of a lot of boards and a lot of rankings uh, for a long time now. And it was down between Penn State, Alabama, and Georgia. Let me see that again, and just like just breathe in what that what that what that means that that what we what we got and why he chose Penn State, Penn State, Alabama, and Georgia, two teams that are in the college football playoffs, two teams that are you know since the playoffs have started have been there. And you know, Alabama has done that, and Georgia is Georgia is right there, and he chose Penn State. So you get guys like that, and then you get other guys maybe thinking like, okay, why would he go to Penn State? You know, let me let me let me see what's up. Let me let me take a visit or, or something. So you hope that it's a domino effect, and you hope that these guys come in, they hit the ground running, they get going with the college life, they get immersed in that, and then they start developing on the field, and then in the weight room, and then you know, the film room, and everything. And then come fall, boom, product on the field is what we all hoped it was going to be. So that that's my that's my take on on this class. We have a lot of guys. I've watched I watched some tape of these guys. There's going to be a couple guys, and I'll mention them in a minute. There's going to be a couple guys in here who are not Nick Singleton, Jewelar, Sutton, Caden Saunders, the guys that everybody basically knows. Um, Caden Saunders was our, our first commit, um, and he 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 committed a, a long time ago, and he's been the glue of this entire class, and he's held together, um, and he's and he's built those relationships with the guys coming in. So, um, and he's going to play right away. He's going to play right away. James Franklin said that he was a combination of Jahan Dotson and KJ Hamler. So you're saying that this kid is a combination of Arguably one of the best route runners that Penn State has ever seen and one of the fastest receivers that Penn State has ever seen. And I could be talking about Hamler and Dotson for both those both those phrases. So for this kid to be, you know, compared to those guys, um, he needs to put on some weight. He's, he's only 5'11", about 170. Um, so he needs to put on some weight. But his speed, he blew up on, on the camp scene this summer. And his speed, his route running... His his burst is is crazy. So you need you know you need guys like that. Obviously, you need to get some speed at the receiver position. You need to put those guys in the you know in the position. You know those those trick plays, those jet sweeps, those end arounds, all that kind of good stuff. You know that's the guy we got for that. Um, but other names to keep an eye on. Some guys that I'm I'm very excited about. Um, one name is Omari Evans. James Franklin mentioned him yesterday, talking about it in a in a post signing day press conference that people have people don't know the type of play that we're getting with him 
Uh, and so I went and watched watched the film. I'll tell you what. This is gonna sound ridiculous, but and he he was playing quarterback in high school, so he's playing out of position. So that's you know he's listed as an athlete, and that's why Franklin said people don't know the type of player that we're getting with this kid. Um, when I watched his film, he's he's six feet. I think he's listed at 170, 175. He, look, this again, this is gonna sound ridiculous and crazy, and I anybody who knows me knows that I, I say these things and I, I tend to believe them wholeheartedly. I saw a little bit of Lamar Jackson with this kid playing quarterback. Now, he's not going to play quarterback at Penn State, but he has that that burst, that shiftiness, and he put a lot of guys on the ground, and he broke a lot of ankles in the four or five minutes that I watched. So that's a kid. Very excited about him. Um, difference makers, and Franklin mentioned that as well. You need to have difference makers, primarily at the quarterback position, which is a guy like Drew Allar and Bo Prabula, and that's going to be a name that I am not going to pronounce right, and I'm going to butcher that every single time, as will every other Penn State fan. But you need to have difference makers at the quarterback, right? Obviously. If you look at the teams that are you know, that are likely national championship contenders and the teams that have won national titles you know, since the playoffs have started, we'll just go with that. You look at their quarterbacks. Difference maker. All of them. Um, so... That's what you need. But you need to have other difference makers for those quarterbacks to get the ball to. You know, running backs, receivers, tight ends. You need to have that. Obviously, the offensive line is extremely important. Franklin, uh, Franklin mentioned that they're likely going to dive into the transfer portal and see about getting an offensive lineman. You know, of course, you hope that some of the guys that we have on the roster right now will develop and become, you know, become those guys. But... You know, get some of the experience already. Get guys who are you know, physically ready to go. Uh, dive into the, to the transfer portal, and you know, Franklin kind of hinted at you know, we might be getting some you know some guys coming our way. Um, so we got to see how 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 that plays out. Um, a couple other guys: Makai Flowers, Harrisburg native. Um, he went to Steel High for for a hot second. That's Jay Hills, Jay Hills old high school, um, but then transferred to I believe it was Central Dolphin East, um, another high school in in Harrisburg, but. Uh, just talking with Jay Hill, he said that he has a, a, really, a, a chance to be a really good safety. He's listed as an athlete as well, much like uh, much like Evans. Um, but he has a chance to come in. You know, hopefully he can develop and mature and everything, and 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 be one of those other difference makers that we need. Because again, to win a national title, to beat Ohio State, Michigan, and to win the Big Ten and get to the playoffs and do all that that we want to do, you need to have difference makers, and you need to have a lot of them. So that's what this class, you know, I went through some of the film again. We we have a lot of guys in here who who can come in. And again, I've said it before, I know rankings, the high school film, whatever, none of that matters until they get onto a college campus, hit the weight room, do well in school, and then produce on the field. It doesn't matter until those things happen. So I get it. Um, another name that I'm very excited about, um, going back to... Uh, tight ends and kind of how we're now now developing them. Jerry Cross. Big tight end from, from Milwaukee. 6'6", 250. Uh, played a lot of receiver, but he's going to be a tight end to Penn State. Um, he never visited. And it was kind of a, um, eh, I don't want to say strange recruiting process. Um, I can't remember the last time we got a kid from Wisconsin. So 
you know, diving into other states that we're not really used to. Um, is that's awesome. Good to see. Um, so he's another another tight end, another weapon that we can have, and you know, he's a very athletic tight end. He's you know, probably got to work on his blocking because he's played receiver most of his high school career, but um, he's a guy who you can you split out to the slot, um, maybe put out wide, you know, in, in the red zone situation and, and let him go do his thing, you know, six six. Um, so that's another guy. So there, there's a lot of there's a lot of talent in this um, in this class, and there's a lot of guys who have a lot of things that we've been missing, and they, they just kind of have that it factor. And we haven't had a lot of those guys come in that have had those that it factor, and then turn it into that it factor in college. So I'm very excited about this class. Um, I think top to bottom, this is probably going to be our, our best class that we've that we've maybe ever had. I know we've had some classes that have been maybe ranked higher, or we've had some you know, bigger names or whatever. But I think top to bottom, talent wise, this is probably our best class that we've ever had. Continuing with the signing day. The biggest news of yesterday was the flip that um, Mr. Coach Prime himself, Deion Sanders, got from Travis Hunter, the number one rated prospect, pretty much across the board, was committed to was committed to Florida State, Deion's alma mater, um, for a, a very long time, and then yesterday. News kind of trickled out. News was starting to break that he would go that he would go to Georgia. I know that was a, another school that was that was mentioned, but ultimately he did the hat thing, put on the Georgia hat, put on the the Florida State hat, caught the the Jackson Jackson State hat, put that on, and and that was it. And uh, people are saying this is one of the biggest stunning developments in, in signing day history and a lot of these people have been covering it for you know 15 20 years and they said it's the biggest you know stunner that they've seen with with the nil deals that are, that are out there and there's been reports that he's going to be getting seven figures and look i'm not going to sit here and tell you that the money is the is the the sole reason why he's going to jackson state because i'm sure Schools like Florida State and Georgia and all the other, you know, 50 plus schools that, that were recruiting this kid could probably come up with some cash. But um, I would be, in, no, I don't, I don't think anyone's ever going to admit to this, maybe down the road, but the money plays a factor, right? If you're a high school kid, it doesn't matter what your situation is. It doesn't matter if your family is wealthy or not. It doesn't matter if you grew up in a good house or not. Doesn't matter if you grew up on the streets or not in a nice neighborhood. If you're a 17 year old kid in a school saying, "Hey, we can get you seven figures, and you can help take care of your family for whatever reason," I, shit, that's hard to turn down. Whether it's Jackson State or Florida State, it does not matter. Um, and this is yeah, it's it's a, it's definitely a big development, but I, I'm not I'm not overly surprised that. And if it was any other school that that wasn't coached by Deion Sanders, I think it would be a bigger surprise. But I think that name kind of makes it um, less surprising. But I don't. I also don't think that this is going to be a, a trend. I don't think that players that are committed or being you know, recruited by these 
top tier uh, power five programs um, like the Georgias and the Florida States and the Alabamas of the world. I don't I don't think it's going to be a trend that starts and continues that they're decommitting and going to these um, FBS schools or the, these HBCU schools. I don't think that's going to be a trend. I think you you will see it, but I don't think it's going to be something that it happens all the time. Um, maybe it will, but I, I just don't see it um, because in 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 this particular case, and we're talking about the NIL deals that have been reported, I don't think that there's many FBS programs or HBCU programs that can offer that. I think that goes without saying. So... I don't think that you're going to have those schools come up and say, hey, we can offer you this. And then a school like Alabama is going to turn around and just scoff at that and be like, hey, well, we'll no, no, no. We got you covered. We'll, we'll take care of you. So, and it's funny to, to hear all the people that are saying, oh, well, now we're getting to the point where schools can just pay guys to come to their program. Newsflash, that's been happening for a very long time. Just go look in the South. Been happening for a very long time. So that was a that was the big news of, of signing day yesterday. Um, obviously, um, that, that made the headlines. Um, like I said, I don't think it's going to be a trend that continues, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if it happens every so often where you get one of those players to go down to an FBS school, um, especially one that has a name you know, like Deion Sanders and Jackson State and kind of what they've been doing. And you know they're obviously on the come up. So... Um, good for him. I mean, if the kid wants to go there and the kid wants to make his make his name, shit, man, by all means, go for it. You know, by all means, go for it. Go make your name. Go make your paper. Um, go be, you know, go be great. So Travis Hunter, you know, everyone's going to keep an eye on him, obviously, number one recruit in the country. So everyone's going to keep an eye on this kid going forward and we'll see what he does and we'll see what, um, we'll see what he can do for, for old Deion Sanders. Um, transfer portal time. There are still a lot of names out there. Um, a lot of names that have now gone other where, uh, elsewhere, but there's still a lot of a lot of names out there. Uh, Quinn Ewers, speaking of number one recruits in the country and NIL deals, he's going to Texas. So this kid has secured the biggest bag before his college career has even started. He reclassified, committed to Ohio State, and then transferred to Texas, where he's going to make an unbelievable amount of money. Uh, speaking of quarterbacks, Heisman favorite entering this season, Spencer Rattler, obviously was in the portal. He is now at South Carolina after leaving Oklahoma. Um, let's see who else is out there. Oh, Tank Bigsby, Auburn running back, was in the portal for I think an hour, and then he went back to went back to Auburn. His college quarterback, Bo Nix, Bo Nix is still in the transfer portal. He's going as a graduate uh, transfer. Miles Brennan, two quarterbacks from, from LSU are now in the transfer portal. Miles Brennan and um, Max Johnson. Um, both guys, um, Johnson was named the starter, but he is in the portal. And Miles Brennan, he started at some point, and now he is, he is in the transfer portal. So um, there's a lot of names. Um, another name actually that, that, went with, um, that went with Spencer Rattler, uh, Austin Stogner, uh, tight end from Oklahoma, is now also going to to South Carolina. So, um, the transfer portal, much like the NIL, there's been talks about it. Is, is it good for college football? What is it really doing to the sport? Yada yada yada. All this. 
Um, I think obviously there needs there needs to be some 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 guidance with it. I think there needs to be some um, some rules and regulations and kind of keep everybody on on a straight path and not you know have you know little side streets for this school or this player or whatever and you know there's different you know different verbiage for for this and that and all that kind of good stuff. So I think um, I think it's good for the sport of college football because I think it gives some uh, some sort of parity to the sport because you know just since the playoffs have started uh, back in I think 2014 we've had the same programs the same schools have, have been there the Alabamas of the world the Oklahomas the Ohio States the Clemsons the Georgias you know it's it's been the same teams so I don't think this is gonna make it I don't think this is going to start making it, okay, now we have you know, 15, 16, 17 teams that can make the playoffs. But if you can get you know, another four or five teams that can be in that conversation and make the, seating, see, make the season that much more exciting, why would you not want that? I think that's what every college football fan wants. College football is already, to me, it's the best. I love nothing more than, than those Saturdays, right? We all do. But if we can make it better, make it more entertaining, and make those regular season games that much better without you know, taking away some of the uh, the the glory of college football, if you will, that whatever remains of that and keep that and keep the traditions and everything, I think, and just make the, the games themselves mean more, I think I'd be on board. But again... There needs to be some guidance with this, the whole NIL, and because it's basically free agency, right? I mean, between the NIL and the transfer portal, this is basically free agency, and guys can leave at any time, and you know, commitments for the re- recruiting basically mean nothing. And I, I know those kids, you know, Penn State had basically their entire class that whenever they committed, they didn't waver. You know, we lost uh, defense coordinator. Um, Franklin got his extension. There was talks, you know, all during all those rumors. You know, you know we had those kids that, that were that were locked in. We had some guys who, who decommitted last minute, but it wasn't like some programs. Now, those NIL deals and the transfer portal, that you know, as those kids get into school and if things aren't going well, that allows them to have an out. Whereas before, it, when you signed your last your, your national letter of intent, you, know, you were you were you were pretty much locked in. And if you wanted to transfer, you had to go sit out a year. And there was no NIL deal. Now, again, this, is, this isn't breaking news to anybody, but kids were getting paid before the NIL deal started. Just in case anybody was, was, was wondering about that. But before, you know, you were, you were locked in. If you wanted to transfer, you had to sit out. Now, if you get benched, you can transfer basically at halftime if you want to. And those schools who, who know of this and who know you're about to transfer, or who know things aren't going well for you, and you get benched or whatever, they're they're going to come calling, they're going to come knocking ASAP, and there is nothing stopping them. So there there is some 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 negativity behind it, but I think for the overall picture of the sport, I think this is a good thing. But again, there needs to be some guidance on it. There has to be some sort of rules and regulations put into place so this just doesn't get completely out of hand and 
just it, you can't have those two things run the sport, and you can't have those things drain the sport because it will, it will eventually, and you're just gonna have guy, you're gonna have hundreds of guys in the transfer portal, and these NIL deals are gonna be like NFL contracts, and it's gonna, and it, it, it could, it could very well get to that point. I can see that happening, but those governing bodies, the ads, presidents, whoever, coaches, they. You know they don't want that to happen, and they can't let that happen. So, hoping that, um, you know, hoping that things kind of calm down with that, if you will. Um, so that's that's that. Uh, the bowl game, the Outback Bowl, completely forgot about that, right? Everything going on. Bowl games were announced already. Kind of forget what's going on. Um, starting this weekend with bowl season, there's a, a lot of good games. Uh, obviously the playoffs, um, but there's a lot of other good games. Uh, Penn State. If we're just going back to Penn State, talking about talking about them, going to the Outback Bowl. We've been there. We've done that. Penn State does very well in Florida. Uh, I don't think a lot of people thought that we'd be going south for the winter. I think a lot of people projected us to go to the Las Vegas Bowl, but Penn State obviously huge draw, travels well, name brand. Um, so I think that was a pretty easy decision for for the Outback Bowl people. Taking on a good Arkansas team. Uh, they gave Alabama all they could handle at their game towards the end of the season. This is a very good SEC opponent to finish the season on, gain some momentum, him, uh, momentum heading into the offseason. Now that we got all those recruits signed, we got the defense coordinator, Manny Diaz. I haven't even talked about that. Um, Franklin's got his got his extension. We have the same offensive coordinator for back-to-back seasons for the first time and seemingly forever. Um, our our sixth-year starting quarterback is coming back now. Um, so things are in place for this offseason. Obviously, there's there's those questions that remain. You know, Can Penn State beat Ohio State? Can we beat Michigan? Can we get back to the Big Ten title game? And all those questions are going to be asked, but they're going to be answered next fall. So um, this is a very good Arkansas team, like I mentioned, to end the season on. You know, get get to 8-5. and five, anyway, End the season on a high note. Good news. I will be there down in Tampa. Me and Jay Hill will be down there. We are flying, uh, flying down together. Somehow we both convinced our wives to let us go on on a solo trip. So shout out to our our wives for being for being the best. Very excited about going down. Got some family going down, some friends going down. Weather looks good. Um, I'm very pumped about that. Haven't been to a bowl game uh, since the Capital One Bowl in 2010. So very excited about that. Um, some of the other more more notable games. Obviously, you have the playoffs. You have Alabama taking on Cincinnati. Yeah, Michigan taking on Georgia. Um, I got Alabama kicking the dog shit out of Cincinnati. Uh, I love the story of Cincinnati. Luke Fickle, love that they finally went undefeated and they got a, a group of five team in the playoffs, but I think their road ends here. Uh, Michigan and Georgia, I think, is a way more intriguing game than people think. Um, I feel like a lot of people, it's Georgia, you know, they've been the best team all year. Michigan, you know, they tend to fall apart in games like this. I think it's I think it's going to be the other way around. I think Michigan is going to beat Georgia. I think they'll beat them by more than people think. I think it's going to be a couple touchdowns. I just think Michigan is on a uh, is they're they're on a mission this year. I think with Hutchinson and Harbaugh, I think they're heading in the right direction now. Unfortunately, um, I think they're going to beat Georgia, and Georgia once again dominates all season, gets the playoffs. Balls apart. Uh, some of the other games, Utah, Ohio State, and the Rose Bowl. 
I think that's going to be a great game. Ohio State obviously has a bad taste in the mouth from losing to Michigan. Utah, on the other hand, you know, ended the season on multiple high notes, beating Oregon um, and, and getting back to the Rose Bowl. So good for them. That should be a great game. Uh, Baylor, Ole Miss, and the Sugar Bowl. That should be an offensive explosion. Um, so that should be another great game to watch. The Valero Alamo Bowl. Another bowl game that pretty much every year gives us a fantastic game. This one shouldn't be any different. You have Oregon and Oklahoma. There's a lot of different things swirling around those programs. Coaches in, coaches out, players in, players out. So those are two programs who had very high expectations and were trending in the right direction. But a couple losses here and there put those teams in, in this position. And then with all the news surrounding both those teams with coaches and players and all that kind of good stuff, um, you know, kind of culminates in, in this game. And I think this is going to be a great game. Like I mentioned, the Alamo Bowl always has, always has a good game. Um, so there's there's a lot of other a lot of other pretty intriguing games. Pitt, Michigan State going going head to uh, head to head in the Peach Bowl. Um, let's see here: Oklahoma State, Notre Dame, and the Fiesta Bowl. Iowa, Kentucky, and uh, the Citrus Bowl. So this should be this should be a lot of great games. Um, bowl games start this this Friday with Middle Tennessee and uh, Toledo in the Bahamas Bowl. Um, shout out to Christian, his alma mater, ODU, taking on Tulsa in the Myrtle Beach Bowl. That is on Monday, December 20th. Um, so enjoy bowl season. I hope everybody has a great holiday. Uh, I hope you enjoy Christmas. I hope you, if you're traveling, safe travels. Um, I appreciate all the support this year. Um, I'm excited for heading into next year. The content we can create, the conversations we can have, the people we can have on. I know a lot of people listening they want to jump on, I'll have you on. We have plenty of time. It'll be Blue White Weekend before you know it, but we'll you know we'll get things going once once we get back to the new year. Once everybody gets settled in, um, is back in a good good routine. Um, like I said, I appreciate all the support. You know I love you guys. Um, enjoy enjoy the holidays. Happy New Year to everybody. Always remember we are.